0: Hello friends, welcome to Simplifying Retail Podcast. Today I have the honor of hosting one of uh, my close friends and she is the marketing guru. Let me welcome uh, Marwa Kaboor, Marwa, uh, thanks for taking out uh, time for us for the podcast uh, for my listener. Uh, Friends, Marwa has uh, 20 years of uh, marketing and branding experience into communications and marketing. She has seen both the sides of the world, the agency side when it comes to the creative and the branding agency side, also at the client sides. She has uh, experience of over 20 years and in various sectors, diverse sectors, I would call it, right from airlines to banking to FMCG to FMB, automotive, manufacturing, construction, power generation. My God, the list goes on. Mama, have you missed out something? Uh,
1: I I did miss out on luxury retail like you. Thank you so much for the introduction. I do consider myself a multi-discipline and multi Industry marketeer, and this is a niche by itself today, Um, and you know it comes with its own set of challenges and lessons.
0: So, what which sector have you missed other than luxury retail? (laughs)
1: Um, so I've been working for close to twenty five years, and I believe I've missed on luxury retail, high end fashion. Cosmetics. Okay. Um, perfumes and makeup. So okay. that's pretty much what you can come and fill in and that's why I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank we you. We can exchange thoughts on the industry as well.
0: Thank you. Uh, Friends, today Mawa is going to uh, tell us some tricks, some growth hacks from her experience uh, which or rather it would be a tips uh, for marketeers, budding uh, marketeers and entrepreneurs how to write an effective creative marketing brief. I understand most of the people is, uh, still struggle in writing the creative brief when they ask for different pitches from different creative agencies. So friends, listen to this uh, podcast and it's going to be uh, great, full of insights from Marwa. So okay. welcome once again, Marwa. Thank
1: you, thank you, British. Okay, so let's address the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to believe that what they've done wasn't good enough. I think having lived on both sides of the industries the agency side and the client side, we always had the gap of the brief. Clients could probably get so upset and tired from agencies telling them the brief is not good enough and agencies get so tired from receiving briefs that don't really fulfill um, the requirements that would lead you into a great campaign. And we know the pain. The pain is on both sides. As a marketing person, you get uh, either artwork that is not as creative as you want it to be. You either end up looking like your competition or you either end up launching campaigns that are stale, generic, um, not exciting. And on the agency side, they also pay a hefty price that is probably long hours in the office, crunching deadlines, and just sheer the motivation for having to rework an entire campaign over and over again. Um, the question is why does it happen and what's so difficult about sure. writing a creative brief? Um, everybody has their reasons and I think there is nothing difficult about writing a creative brief. It's a matter of perspective. And when I say perspective, it means you as an agency person and a creative generator need to see one perspective and your client is giving you another perspective. So, marketeers in general talk marketing. Their briefs are full of what the company do, uh, what the product is all about, how great the product is, and why they decided to launch the product, and how they expect this product to rock their market shares. And they talk about the product and the product and the product and they talk about the market share and the numbers. They talk about the specs of the product and where the product is going and how is it going to be positioned. And then they mention their customers very briefly.
0: Mm. Okay. So there is a gap I see.
1: There is a gap. Now the thing is, we need to look at the perspective of the agency. and. To be honest with you, having worked in branding, I also believe this gap exists in branding and generating brand stories. Your story as a brand is not about you or what you're trying to offer. Your story is how are you saving your customers. So if we rewrite a brief starting from a customer and what problems, issues, hassles, gaps that exist in the customer's life, and we actually exaggerate those instead of exaggerating the product, and then look at how we come in with our products, with our services, and save the lives of our customers.
0: That reminds me of a very nice uh, quote which I had read some time back. The people don't buy uh, products. Yes. They buy outcomes. Absolutely. So, that's uh, something we uh, insightful, what you have mentioned. Absolutely. I had one this question always in my mind, uh, who should write a brief? I personally, I feel the brand owner uh, mm-hmm. or the owner of the company, maybe the CEO should write a brief and he should be the one who is approving the final outcome of an agency. So uh, what do you think in your opinion, in your experience, who should write a uh, creative brief for the agency?
1: I think uh, the person who writes the brief should be a person who is able to emulate a customer. Um, Sometimes VPs of operations, heads of sales are very much concerned about their sales pitch. They live it and they breathe it. And they do a great job at selling that product to you. But you need that person who knows your customer very well. And as a marketeer, if you do not think you know your customer well, please don't try. Go out to your um, customer-facing frontliners. Uh, they could be call center agents. They could be um, security guards that stand at you know the door of your retail outlets. They could be your CX experts. And please ask them to understand the customer. And if you feel you don't understand the customer enough, reach out to your customer and talk to them. Um, I've worked in F&B retail, and we once launched one of the most famous American uh, fast food um, uh, brands here I'm not going to mention the name of the brand since I no longer work for the company but everything about the launch was perfect except the fact that the menu is very American in its design
0: okay. it did not have
1: photos so once you just spend enough time and we spent so much time um, teaching our waiters and waitresses to sell the product, to explain what the recipe is, they've spent you know, countless hours trying to remember every plate on this like humongous menu. But just from sheer observation, I found out that customers in the region want to look at a menu and point their finger to a picture.
0: Amazing. Amazing insight.
1: Um, It's this simple. I mean, you could have hired a focus uh, group company and they would have given you reasons uh, why you're gonna succeed and how the recipes answer to all the taste palettes and whatnot. But truly this simple human behavior that people wanna open a book and point to a finger, mm. it's you know, it's this simple was missing. So all the upselling training could have been avoided had we just redesigned the menu to include pictures of the products that we know customers are looking
0: for. Okay. So uh, that reconfirms my uh, uh, understanding and my belief that the problem to a complex solu- uh, uh, the solution to the complex problem lies in simple uh, answers. So it lies in the problem itself. And in this case, the photograph was missing. How the dish is looking, Absolutely. or it's going to turn out.
1: Absolutely. I I once wrote about this in an article that Entrepreneur published hmm. last year, and I spoke about the 1981 customer. And it's your classic case study about the Coke and the Pepsi scenario when Pepsi started Mm. gaining market share from Coke. And everyone at Coke spent millions and millions redesigning the specs of their products and adding the sugar content simply because they, you know, attributed that the increase in market share of Pepsi Mm. was due to the taste of the product. So again, the the entire initiative was driven around the product. And we all know the story and what happened. The yes. customer um, was not happy and there was a slash and customers demanded for their right to get their original product back.
0: You're right. Um,
1: similarly with Gap, they paid close to $100 million on uh, changing their logo, logo, which was just not needed. True. And customers were not happy. And then all the money went down the drain and um, the old logo was back. True. So, going back to your question, who writes the brief, can we say that the customer
0: should write the brief? That's a very interesting perspective, Mavo. but how do you get your focus group customers to write a brief for you? Or It's like, uh, uh, you know, the, it reminds me of a quote of Henry Ford, mm. wherein he said, if I had asked my customer what they would want, mm. the answer would be a faster horse. They would have mm-hmm. never said they wanted an automobile exactly. so a car so there's a it's a dual sword a dual age sword that uh, it can hit you back as well because your customer don't know what actually they want until unless you show them this is this particular uh, product is what they need absolutely so.
1: so i think we need to perhaps understand that in our field of work with marketing and branding we need to do a lot more than what they tell us to do a bit more about scratching the surface i um, once attended a webinar for one of the creative directors of bbo spain and he explained the three why system wow. so asking the why three times perhaps if you are able to de- Deep enough with your customers and get to the core of what they're looking for, you can arrive at a better description of what they want. True. And that's absolutely true. Um, this must have been 14 years ago, and just a few months ago, I was listening to Vishen Lakyani, who's a very famous. Yes. Um, sorry,
0: Mind, Mind Valley.
1: Mind, the owner of Mind yeah, Valley. Yeah. And in his, um, actually, in his uh, book, Uh, limitless he brings up the three whys again and he tells a story of a lady that came in and said I've been trying to manifest faster typing skills and he said why and she's like I need to type faster to get paid uh, higher she was getting paid by the hour and then he asked her why and she said well because I'm trying to make more money to move my mom to live in with me and he asked her again why and she said Well, to be honest with you, I really dream about, you know, living in the Big Apple, but with my mom and you know, to make a long story short, it wasn't about the typing. Mm. So let's take this and convert it into a brief. We ask our customers, what do you want? And they say, we want faster typing. And we end up telling our agency, come up with a campaign that shows us... you know, How to learn f- faster. And somebody is going to tell you, here's your product, it's called speed typing, and it's fast, and the commercial is going to show someone with their eyes closed typing away and, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, you... This, is, this was not what, what was there. What the core need was, somebody dreamt of leaving suburbia and living in the metro. Mm. So hmm. a huge leap between what yes. it was and what it is. So maybe asking the three whys could be one way we can get better at briefing.
0: Very true. I mean, yes, uh, I strongly believe whenever I used to write a creative brief uh, during my or still whenever I write, I definitely make it a point to include some consumer quotes or their uh, share uh, with the agency what the customer are uh, saying at the time of purchasing the good. We have a something called customer suggestion card sort of a yes. thing. So that be- gives the agency, the creative team good insight what they need to incorporate. Absolutely. Like a testimonial or something like that sort Absolutely. of a thing. Uh, in fact, that uh, quote I also I just recalled. Uh, it's by Mario Sachi, the founder of uh, Sachi and Sachi's. He said, "If you can define your brand in one word, then you have arrived." Mm-hmm. Uh, the simple example mm-hmm. was, if I say search, what do you guys think? Which brand comes to your mind?
1: Google.
0: Yes, Google. that's 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 where the power of branding, the power of uh, mind exactly. recall. So if you can't define your brand in one word, better not attempt it. So that's I believe has to come from the senior leaderships the one uh, who are in the high uh, decision making uh, positions like CEOs or even the founder of the company. If he or she can define what he stands for in one word, then proceed with the marketing and uh, branding Absolutely. Uh, initiatives.
1: Absolutely.
0: That brings to my uh, second question Marwan says, you have been in the regions for a very long time and you have been in, uh, involved in advertising and branding agencies. Uh, why uh, very few campaigns are coming uh, or gets nominated from the region when it comes to uh, award ceremonies like Dubai Links or FE's. We see the entries, very few entries from the region coming in. Is there yes. any particular reason?
1: Um maybe to that point I would say the region has been experiencing year-on-year growth and the stagnation and the challenges for brands to start fighting to keep their market share has not kicked in yet this is a young region it's 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 actually younger than us Um, and brands are just growing so the need to you know carve out a niche to yourself is still not there. It's, I find it like if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, getting to the place where you're awesomely creative is a very self actualization. Yes, need. the
0: top pyramid.
1: And the brands here are just experiencing beautiful growth. Um, and we all know that when a brand is super awesome, creative, people actually start turning their eyes towards it. And that makes really really a lot of sense when you are trying to be in a red ocean full of sharks and when you're trying to draw eyes to you in between millions of competition, but the region is not there yet and it is uh, the exact opposite scenario in Europe, so Europe is a very you know saturated market.
0: Evolved, yes.
1: And mature. So what do you do? You must have exhausted all of the other advertising and marketing ways of doing things. And maybe we need to start appreciating creativity a bit more and being original a bit more as well.
0: I mean, uh, this gives me a second uh, question, or rather, a third question. What is more important, a creative strategy or a creative idea?
1: Mm. I would say this is the chicken and egg question. I think a creative strategy won't work if you have not given a creative idea but a creative idea might also not work if you don't have a strategy to back it up um, we all know that there has been amazing creative ideas but ideas die off soon as you don't bring them to life properly mm-hmm. so you made this hard on me
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean uh, Marva, you have been uh, working from the client side as well as uh, previously with the uh, agencies' side as well as with the leading uh, agencies like Leo Burnett, BBDO, uh, which is better? Since you have been on the both the sides, I always had a fight with my agencies, the account directors, accounts manager, and I used to always tell them, being a client, that you guys don't work; you're only you know having a lavish lifestyle, and uh, but uh, and every time we have to point out a single uh, minute changes or errors. So, uh, which side is more better?
1: Um, I have a confession to make. I moved to the client side because I was really, really tired from working at an agency. I mean, I you know, worked for agencies for 15 years and um, regardless of how high up you go and how experienced you are, you're still exhausted. And let's go back to the fact, because the brief's coming wrong, and because we are reworking, and because True. time is crunching, and because being on the agency side, there are no rules and regulations and labor laws that protect you if you work overtime, and if you know you work 12, 14 hour days. And at some point, you realize that you really can't do it. And, and really hats off to everyone at the agency side who works so hard. Um, You learn a lot on the client side as well. Um, I think it would be extremely healthy for marketeers to always either train at an agency or experience working for an agency at some point in their life.
0: It's a nice suggestion, very nice suggestion. In fact, I always uh, felt that it's a partnership. It's equivalent to Absolutely. husband and a wife, agency Absolutely. and a client relationship. So that brings me uh, to my second last question, uh, Mawa. Uh, you are, I understand, you are uh, on the. Uh, you are an upcoming author. You are yeah. writing a book. Tell us something about or tell my listeners something about what's happening, what's cooking, what's writing on the book.
1: Oh Yes. Well, thank you so much for letting me uh, tell you about the book. And this is the first time I talk about the book. Um, the book is simply uh, an embodiment of short punchy master classes on disciplines of communication and means in which you can settle on the client side Um, in our day and age we know there are a lot of marketeers who either started from sales started from operations or even started from agencies and are moving to the other side of marketing and while they may have all the intentions and the skills Uh, they might not really get a chance to understand a lot of the disciplines that are there, especially the communication ones. And this was basically a reflection of what I had to learn on the job. I um, graduated with a degree in marketing. My MBA was in strategic marketing, I've worked in retail and I've worked in ad agencies. So I was very well versed in media planning and campaign management. And when I moved to the client side, I had to look at new disciplines like internal marketing, internal communication, crisis communication, PR, media relations, Um, and I learned it the hard way. I read a lot of books, Uh, I went to too many training sessions. And I see today the benefits of being a well-rounded marketeer, someone who is really capable of managing projects and tasks in all of those disciplines. And um, so the book is gonna answer to that. The book is gonna give you quick master classes on disciplines that you may not have experience with. Uh, It will guide you on writing briefs, on making budgets, calendars. It will guide you on um, taking up arguments with the management on how to set a budget. It will help you in matters that you may not know, like um, putting together a profit and loss statement, uh, managing your budget, um, and of course understanding the status quo and how to basically put together a comm's function from scratch.
0: Very nice. Yeah. So you are going to replace Fripp Kottler.
1: I uh, Well, to be honest with you, he is my backbone in theory. Okay. And there's so much literature on theories out there, yeah, right. and what I'm, or on amazing experiences. But I'm talking to those people who are starting from scratch. Mm. Um, you've just launched a completely new brand from scratch yes. here in the region, coming from Singapore. Um, there are uh, entrepreneurs who are probably gonna run their businesses without a marketing manager for a few years, but need to get an understanding on how to do their own marketing and comms. So, this is not a novel, this is going to be a book that you can keep at your desk and always refer back to when you feel the need for help. If Ready reference book. Ready reference book, yes. Great. Practical, hands-on, for people on the job.
0: What and it is called?
1: It's called the book of marketing and comes on the job.
0: Very nice, very nice um, title. Very nice straight title. Straight
1: forward, straight to the point and that's exactly what the book is going to give you.
0: Now uh, that brings me to the last question, Mawa. What is your advice to a budding marketeer? Mm-hmm. Uh, how he or she uh, should uh, develop herself so that yes. she becomes successful in a keeping a five years horizon? So, what would be your three tips for a budding marketeer?
1: Sure. Um. I think that marketeers in general need to continuously upskill. I mean, the disciplines and the world around us is changing so much. Um, You need to apply a rule where a certain percentage of your time at work goes to learning. Uh, Do not believe that your work experience could be enough and once a year or twice a year training that your company offers you is enough. You have to do your homework. Um, what I usually tell uh, marketeers that work with me, when you went to school, uh, your parents paid an institution to teach you. Today, your institution is paying you to teach yourself. So you have to find avenues of teaching yourself. True, True. Um, And when we talk about learning, let's be honest, blogs don't do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going online, reading a 350 word article, um let's say on analytics doesn't make you an expert in analytics Mm -hmm. you have to put in the time you have to you know go into a certain depth and practice yourself yes
0: true
1: um that would be number one and number two would be accepting your faults Mm -hmm. i mean we do come to a point where we think we either have enough knowledge enough um, degrees or enough years of experience where things don't go wrong at our side it's always someone else's work and let's face it being a marketeer is being a middleman you know you're in between operations you're in between sales you're in between the customers and the market and while things are flowing in and out through your function mistakes do happen and um I mean, maybe not a mistake, maybe just accepting that you could do things better and not if something is working cool. for you that you keep it repetitive and we all know we've seen marketeers where they repeat their, you know, their local sales marketing calendars or their annual calendars for many years as it is, they don't try to experiment with new seasonalities they don't try to experiment with um, reverse psychology offerings, so just don't become one of those yeah. True. Don't become a banker, if I may say. True, yeah. Marketing so sorry, is bankers. exciting
0: profile. It, it <laughs> cannot yes. be as b- boring as banking. Yeah.
1: yeah, so you have to like, re-energize the way you do work, you have to learn, and um, you have to really accept that there is always a better or a different way of doing things. So trial and error is very important. You True. need to try out new things, I would say.
0: I mean, especially when it comes to digital marketing, it's all about experimentation.
1: Absolutely. You
0: have uh, A-B testing, which creative will work, you run do a test on uh, using Facebook and Instagram ads, if that doesn't give you lead, you change mm-hmm. it to B type and then uh, again run ads and see which is yes. performing better. Yes, so, yes.
1: And, and to this point we know that today a lot of marketers take their old style thinking and they, they are running digital you know they're running digital campaigns but they run it with one or two Google AdWords and you think why aren't you trying six why aren't you trying this in a certain region and you know exactly that in a certain region so there's the linearity should not be there it should go into cycles um, that's that's absolutely true especially with digital marketing
0: true. So uh, the last tip remains, you have given uh, three, uh, two tips, one is uh, keep learning, Keep. Uh, second is accept uh, the faults and learn from it so that you can mm-hmm. keep improving in your next campaign, which is the third one?
1: Creativity,
0: okay.
1: creativity, you can't be, um, you, you, that's the only edge you have, that's what will set you apart. From everyone else, and that's what will make you in demand. Mm. Um, You know, creativity is not something you um, subcontract to an agency or you know to a consultancy. Really work on your creativity, and I I really like. I really, really get very, very disheartened when I see you know,
0: people in the practice that are not creative. True. I mean, yes, uh, it's unfortunate, especially in this region, the one who actually approves a marketing campaign is a financial guy. So he's a numbers guy who is approving the creative uh, concepts for uh, the company. It's one of the irony and yes, uh, numbers can also be creative. Mm -hmm. It depends ultimately how you use and develop your skills and creativity. So thank you, Marwa. Very well thank said. Thank you, Ritesh. I'm sure uh, these three points uh, or three tips from a marketing guru, uh, I call her Marwa Kotler now <laughs> and uh, will be very helpful to my listeners. And thank you, Marwa, for taking time out. It was wonderful chatting with you. Thank you,
1: Ritesh. It was the same.
0: Thank you. Thank you, listeners.